Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Fortifying Your Faith. I'm Hasted Hanley, your host, and I'm so glad you can join us today as we sit down and discuss another uh, passage, another lesson, and sit down and try and really build up and strengthen our faith, because that's what this whole series of lessons, and I suppose you could call it a pseudo-season, if you will, uh, has been about, and that's just kind of growing our faith in all of these different circumstances of life, all of these different times of life, and looking at these great examples of faith that we have throughout the Bible. Uh, I the numbers slipping my mind at the moment of how many episodes we've had just discussing so many people that their faith is evident in their life. And our goal has been trying to have that same characteristic said about us, that you can really see and and perceive our faithfulness. So we're approaching the second to last episode of this series and I want us to really stop and think about one of the things that, in my opinion, so take that as you will, but has plagued the church for some time. And that is the mentality, or the thought even, of inherited versus personal faith. When we stop and think about what personal faith is, it's a faith that is made your own. It's not one that has been adopted or brought on by someone else that you know or someone that you've uh, talked about the Bible with or or even something that has not been made yours. Maybe it's, well, we go to church because that's what we've always done, or I believe this because that's what my parents believed, or that's what my grandmother or grandfather believed. And it's not, this is what I believe. So today, I want us to stop and think about a few people who really had to grow their personal faith, and especially the instances where we see them growing personal faith. I want us to start out, first of all, with the book of Job. Job, as he sits down, not sits down, as as he is perceived to be writing this book, at the end of all of the calamity that he's been facing, at the end of all of his friends saying, Job, you are the reason that all of these things have been happening to you. Even after God questions Job, Job doesn't throw in the towel and say, you know what? Faith has gotten me nowhere. Obedience to God has gotten me nowhere except pain and difficulty and hardship, so therefore I'm just going to quit. No, Job doesn't say any of that. In fact, uh, chapter 42 and verse 5, perhaps one of my probably top five verses from the book of Job is, uh, I had known of thee by the hearing of the ear. He had heard of God before. He said, but now, now after all of these things I have endured, now after all of this hardship and pain that I've been through, now after being questioned by God about Job's role in life and 
all of these things that he's had to go through, he said, now mine eyes seeth thee. After all of these things, that faith had become so much more personal, so much more real, whereas before it had just been, he knew of God, but now he truly knew God. We can go to another man. Uh, This time we're going to the book of John, who really had doubts put away, who by the technical definition, removed faith from his life, but in doing so is a very big example of something becoming real for them. And I'm talking of Thomas. Uh, Many times he's called Doubting Thomas, because when we read of Thomas, that's what he's doing. The few times we read of him, he's asking and questioning Christ about what's going on. I want us to begin John chapter 20, beginning in verse 24, where many times that's the first place that you go of when you think about Thomas, because we're introduced to him again. But Thomas, one of the twelve, so he was an apostle, called Didymus, or the twin. He was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. Could you imagine your friends that you've been traveling with? Your friends that you have been uh, following and listening and, and growing closer with Christ with? After Christ has just died, after he's been crucified, now you're hearing from your friends, We've seen him. He's back. He's no longer dead. We have physically, literally seen the Savior. But he said unto him, picking back up in verse 25, unto them, except I shall see his hands, the print of the nails, and put my fingers into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. Think about that statement for a minute. Unless I have physical proof that I can actually touch the Savior, I'm not going to believe that he rose. That is, in one sense, not having traditional faith. That's not having faith that was inherited from someone else's belief. But that's not having faith at all. He needed to be proof he needed proof of what was being said. After eight days, verse 26, uh, again, his disciples were within, and Thomas, this time, he was with them. Then came Jesus, the door be- doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Now you have that statement of, Tim- uh, of Thomas's put into perspective. It's brought in now instead of just being something big and boastful that he says, now it's when the rubber really meets the road. Then he said to Thomas, reach hither your finger and behold my hands and reach hither my hand and thrust it into my side and be not faithless, but believing. Now, 
you have that charge and you have that challenge and you have all of that that is presented by Christ to Thomas. And he talked so boldly back in verse 25, I'm not going to believe it unless I can physically do these things. Now Christ is giving him the opportunity. You wanted to do these things. Now come and do it. But you have verse 28. It doesn't say that Thomas walked up and he thrust his hand into his side and poked the holes of the nail holes. It says, Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. That's a bold proclamation from a man who just a few verses before, a few days before, eight days to be exact, just said, I am not going to believe. Now he is standing and saying, my Lord and my God, the Savior who died for me, the one who I followed, it's a fact that now he's before me. He became no longer faithless, but now was faithful and believed. But I want us to think about verse 29. Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet believe. That brings us into this equation. I want us to think about that mentality of growing our faith, that mentality of having a personal faith, not one that's just believing what we've been taught all of these years, but one that is made true, made sure, and and built up, and as cheesy as it is to say, I guess, really fortifying and strengthening our faith. I want us to go to Second Peter, beginning in verse 10, and we're going to back up to verse 5 here in just a minute. But it says, Wherefore the rather... Brethren, give diligence, give effort, give intention, give desire to make your calling and election sure that is firm. For if you do these things, you shall never fail, but rather fall. I want us to think about that. We have to give diligence. We have to give intention, purpose, desire, hard work, and all of those things to be sure, to stand fast, to say that our faith is anchored in the Lord. How is it that we do all of this? How is it that we make our faith personal? Giving all diligence, verse 5, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, actually let me start over by reading out of, um, it looks like the ESV is going to be the quickest one to pull up. So let's put this in a little bit modern terms. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith, add to your faith, virtue. That being, I can give us an even better definition of virtue, that is excellence, or that mentality of something that is to be uh, worthy of praise. We think of uh, really Proverbs 31 beginning uh, about 
midway through the chapter about the virtuous woman, uh, one that had characteristics that were worthy to be praised. But we're supposed to be adding to our faith praiseworthy things. And to those praiseworthy things, to that virtue, knowledge. And to knowledge, that is the knowing of things, let's face it, most of us know what knowledge is, self-control, which is vastly difficult. And in fact, uh, I encourage you, I think it will be out uh, January 1st, actually, look up the Everyday Christian Podcast. Uh, It's by great brother Chase Green. We sit down and discuss this uh, section of verses. But I said in that podcast, the mentality of adding knowledge to self-control and self-control to uh, what we're going to look at next in that mindset of steadfastness or uh, the idea of patience. We have to add these things so that we are able to really clump them together. Self-control, knowledge, and patience are all required to really strengthen each other. We have to be purposing diligently to add these things to our life. And with that patience, we have to add godliness, that mentality of focusing on things that are praiseworthy, things that are leading to the mentality of being like Christ, And to godliness, verse 7, brotherly kindness, brotherly affection, brotherly love. That is the love and affection of wanting the best, encouraging the best, and seeking to build up one another. And to brotherly love, love. When we think of all of these things, we have to kind of put it into our proper perspective of the fact that we have to build up our own faith. We have to take that opportunity, that obligation to grow, to be strengthened, to to really be people of faith. How is it that we're growing? Are we growing? Do we have a personal faith, or have we allowed our faith to become nothing more than hand-me-down faith that's going to be weak and brittle and the vast majority of times fall apart because it's not ours. It's not what we know. It's not true to us. It's just something that's passed down. I encourage each one of us because it is the best thing to do about faith. Make it personal. Next week, we're going to wrap up this season and we're going to discuss faithful habits or habits that uh, are characteristics of faithful people. So we'll discuss that next week. But I I really encourage you this week, as we're gearing up towards the end of this year, really sit down and try and purpose to make your life and your faith yours. 
and not just someone else's. But until next week, I hope that you will continue to study, continue to grow. Don't use this as your only instance of trying to better yourself or to grow in the knowledge of the Bible. Sit down and try and study, try and grow, uh, try and sit down and pray, and especially encourage one another as we seek every single day to fortify our faith.